and welcome to Absolute Comics, the show right here on the Comic Story and Twitch channel, where Sal and I sit down and chat about the latest news, the latest comic books, whatever we found interesting in the world of comics, because it's not the weekly poll, it's Absolute Comics. And Sal, do you know what our sponsor of the day is? I do, but I figure you'll tell them about it. <laughs> Our sponsor of the day is G Fuel, where you can get yourself a nice energy kick or a hydration formula because we're filming this late in the afternoon, and I'm an old man who doesn't want to stay up all night. Uh, it's Either way, great stuff. We've been working a lot with G Fuel. You guys are used to seeing it right here on the podcast channel, uh, and you can go ahead and go to their checkout. Use the code COMICS to get 10% off of your order. Uh, if you're wondering where you can find this, this is located on our Twitch, where you can support the show directly by subscribing to this channel, or you can go buy some t-shirts at our merch store, which I don't believe I've linked down below properly, but is in our uh, commands. There will be an absolute comic shirt going up very soon, so don't worry. You'll be able to support your favorite podcast, uh, and all of the subs from this show and the shirt sales for the absolute comic shirt that isn't up yet will be going to pay Sal for his time. Hey! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You can also catch us by going to the Patreon for Comic Story or the Patreon for Comic Pop, where it gets released early and unedited for you guys to enjoy all the witty banter and stupidity that is us. Oh, yeah. It's then uploaded to the YouTube channel and it's uploaded to the iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. I named a bunch of locations up. Not all of those are up yet, as this is episode two. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm, eventually, like if somebody's watching this episode, Sal, yeah. let's say in like six months, right? All those plugs will be valid. Exactly. <laughs> you, future person, are covered. And Spider-Man has left and joined the MCU four times <laughs> in that six months bed of time. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, uh, let's go ahead and I guess let's just, let's just do the elephant in the room. Let's talk about that first, Sal. Uh, our first episode was discussing Spider-Man leaving the MCU. Yep. And our second episode is going to be discussing Spider-Man joining the MCU. Right. <laughs> I, I would love it if this was the, the show. Like, this is the show. It's just every week they change it up. They do it over and over again. And, like, so he's going <laughs> to leave next week. He's going to be back the following week. And, you know. Could you imagine episode 20? So, uh, the 20th time Spider-Man has left the MCU. Yeah. <laughs> They've made three Venom sequels. Like, I don't know. Wow. In, like, 20 weeks, they made three Venom sequels? They don't seem hard to make. <laughs> hey, I liked that movie. You can't do that. We agreed that this show would just be us agreeing with each other. Oh, is that what the show is? <laughs> I, I, there'd be no back and forth it'd just be isn't a great sell yes Benny that's, that's <laughs> what people seem to want in their podcasts and YouTube shows where they're like oh my god I disagree with you so much unsub and I'm like why would you do that like d all you want to see is just four fat guys agreeing with each other the whole time like <laughs> just seems repetitive I don't know <laughs> seems repetitive and boring to me but yeah <laughs> but that okay so sad. what do you think about because I have a lot to say about Spider-Man going back in the MCU. I made a rant video about you it, did. but I doubt you watched that because you don't watch my content. I did watch it, actually. And uh, so did you? I am familiar with your talking points. Yeah, I oh, prepared crap. for this I show. Oh, I have nothing to say. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll pretend like I didn't, and we can just, you know, have an actual back and forth. But in the meantime, uh, <laughs> I am thrilled. I mean, like, literally the last episode I said I was heartbroken. So, like, I'm the opposite of that. Uh, okay. That being said, you know, like, I mean, again... Anytime you get any information and it's like a one sentence blurb, everybody's comes out of the woodwork with their like two cents or their analysis or why it's Ugh. why you don't get to enjoy it. Like for the first 
I don't know, I want to say 12 hours from the time when they said like, hey, by the way, they're making one Spider-Man movie in the MCU. He's having one MCU appearance and that's what the deal is for. And uh, Disney apparently came to the table. They were like, we'll, we'll do the 25% deal. And Sony's like, okay. Right. And that was that. Uh, that's what we know. We also know that Feige said something to the effect of, like, Spider-Man actually has another power we didn't know about where he can bounce between cinematic universes. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I took that to mean it was like a flippant joke more than it yeah. was like a, a plan that involves like Into the Spider-Verse 2 and the exit from the MCU. This is two st- studios that are rivals. They are yeah. in opposition to each other. They put out movies at the same time to grab your dollars for their movie, and they're working together. So it's hard to make this work. So obviously, this new plan, with it being one movie and one appearance, that is a preliminary plan that is in opposition to both of their interests, unless, of course, the Disney effort makes Sony another billion dollars, in which case it helps out everybody. But... It doesn't mean anything outside of, we're making this movie, we're doing this appearance, and we still have every intention of making a Madam Web movie. So you take that yeah. as you will, but that's hey, all Madam we Web know. could be good. There's a young Madam Web in charge now. We don't have the old lady sitting in the chair. Isn't she dead? Yeah, that one's dead. Yeah. That's why there's a young one. No, isn't Julia Carpenter dead too? Uh, Dan, is Julia Carpenter Dan, dead? Yeah, Dan, could you look into that real quick for us while we keep going? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, Madam Web, bite me. I mean, and, and, <laughs> and people are taking that to mean, like, oh, if they're making a Madam Web movie, that must mean that at the end of Spider-Man Home Trilogy 3, that, like, Spider-Man will defeat some MCU villain, and then the Into the Spider-Verse Kirby Crackles will open up, and he'll go into the Venomverse. Like, no! That's not what that well, means. I- I like the idea that that's going to happen with this, but I do agree with you. Like, people don't seem to understand. Like, Sony saved Marvel by buying Spider-Man. Before Disney came in, Sony saved Marvel by buying Spider-Man's rights. Yeah. They got to do what they wanted with it. Amy Pascal's an idiot. Like, this whole <laughs> thing... Like, she is. Like, well, whatever. Uh, although, but she, uh, from she, what they I understand, did, she's the one that? who kind of helped broker the, the agreement between Feige and Disney. Like... Yeah. She, uh, which I... And I've been talking about what an idiot she is for years. But I will give her this much. She agrees that Marvel knows how to make a Spider-Man movie better than they do. Yeah. Of course, with the asterisk, Into the Spider-Verse is the best Spider-Man movie of all time, whatever, fine. Like, I agree. I, I, I actually think it is, 100%. I, think I agree, it, too. I think Into the Spider-Verse trumps Homecoming. I think it trumps Far From Home. I, th- I think it trumps all of his little cameos. The only thing that I would maybe put higher than that is Spider-Man 2, Sam Raimi, Right. But I might have nostalgia goggles on. I won't even deny that. Okay. I, I know you do, but like Sp- <laughs> Spider-Man 2 is a great Spider-Man movie. 3 with Venom and <sighs> Sandman. <laughs> Mistakes all around. Uh, but like Into the Spider-Verse, fantastic movie, deserving of an Oscar. It's great. Peter B. Parker might be my favorite on-screen Peter Parker of all time. And that was in a world where Tom Holland had been my favorite on-screen Peter Parker of all time. I don't, right. think it, I don't think it trumps Far From Home or Homecoming because I think it's such a different animal. Like, Into the Spider-Verse is just a different thing. It's so different from either of those two other movies that I wouldn't even put it in the same category. 
I, uh, I one think in terms that, of live uh, action. Dan, you got information on Julia Carpenter? Yeah. I do. Uh, Julia Com- Carpenter, as of the Dead No More clone conspiracy uh, storyline, she is still alive. Okay. <laughs> was she, was she I love the way he confirmed clones? that. She is still alive. still alive. Like it was a game show host giving you like the answer <laughs> to your question. Yeah. You're about to find out whether you've lost or won. You have lost. <laughs> Thank um, you. No, but what I was saying is, like people seem to forget that Sony did that, and then they, they tried Amazing Spider-Man, and it didn't pan out. And then they 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 just finally buckled down and did Homecoming and Far From Home. They worked right. with Marvel. Um, and thank goodness, because I love those. Movies. Yeah, uh, but I do I do dislike the fact that Disney owns like everything in Hollywood at this point. I've heard that a lot. Um, I, I well, they do. I mean, it's, it's not like we're making stuff up. They legit own like everything in Hollywood. They own <laughs> well. They own a lot of franchises. They own the Marvel suite, but to say like, I want like multiple studios to have access to and control over, I mean, regardless of the Disney thing, like how much Disney owns, like yes, Disney Disney owns and controls, you know, Aliens, Simpsons, X-Men, Spider-Man, well, not Spider-Man, that's the only one that doesn't can really control, but like, uh, you know, the Avengers, all that stuff, sure. But when it comes to the Marvel aspect of it, like, that's the universe that was together. Like, I yep. have no problem with Disney Marvel having control over the universe that was always meant to be together in the first place. Like, to say, like, oh, we're never going to get another Logan again. Like, well, you had to have two colossal failures on the X-Men franchise before they desperately created something original. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, and like that's Logan thing came that I out think of, a lot of desperation, people, so you know. It, it. I, I think a lot of people forget this, that when it comes, like Marvel figured out how to turn a universe into a story is what they basically have done. And they've figured out how to make other kinds of movies, like a heist movie with Ant-Man and a uh, espionage movie with Winter Soldier into right. superhero movies. Up until that point, and even during that point, proven by the X-Men movies, the other companies were still going, well, superheroes is a genre in itself. We just need flashy colors and a big bad and stuff <laughs> like that. As much as I love Wonder Woman, I feel Wonder Woman would have ended better if they had ended it without ever showing Ares. Oh, I agree. But because oh, I mean, like, they're falling into that formula, they're like, we need the big CGI battle to end this movie, you know? Right, but you know what's funny? I think Aquaman actually does more of that than Wonder Woman because you do get a CGI battle, but like you get the Lord of the Rings fight at the end of Aquaman <laughs> where it's like, what? And by the way, I had this conversation with the, with the rest of the team the other day. Literally, we were talking about the end of Aquaman, and I was like, why? And they're like, at that point, we were like, oh, I understand what kind of movie this is trying to be, and just shut off their brain and had a wonderful time. Like, the entire time, Ocean Master's trying to get all these different, like, Atlantean-type people to join his cause, each one getting more progressively uh, less human, until finally they're like, oh, crab people, last group. Crab people, voiced by Gimli. Let's just do this, and it's like, oh, <laughs> you're just you're just having fun with it. Okay, whatever. Wonder Woman, I I, I agree with you about the Ares thing. I was very disappointed. Yeah. I mean, I, the lazy casting with the with the general, and then of course like the the twist everyone saw coming with Ares. But there's so much that's good and important about Wonder Woman. Like, I I'll forgive a lousy third act because even then, like, it's good triumphing evil. I I not going to begrudge it that much especially with the with the steve trevor stuff like i liked the i liked wonder woman as a movie how it affected the like audience and watching like i watched an old lady she had to have been over like 65 and she like openly like wept seeing wonder woman i saw a little girl in a wonder woman costume watching wonder woman like they don't they don't get those movies and yeah 
it's really cool. Like, I I was emotional seeing Spider-Man the way I've always wanted to see Spider-Man on screen. And then it's like, hey, and how about like a woman, or like a movie just for girls? Like, I, I've never seen that and I can't believe it because it's 51% of the population. Like, right. You know, I, I've had I've had four shots to see a good Spider-Man movie, and they've had one Wonder Woman movie. So, like, we're, you know, it's a. It, I mean, it's you're a, not wrong. I'm not. A, I'm, not a, to, you know, I'm not yeah, laughing it, at the idea. I'm just no, 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 no. I know. It. It's just like it's 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 true. Like the the Aries thing. Meh, I agree, but there's so much that works, and there's so much that like I'm glad it happened. I'm I'm totally willing to forgive that, and I, I don't right. even need. You know what? They don't even need my forgiveness. It's just it's it's there and it's good and it matters. And I'm and I'm, I, I'm I'm hopeful. I loved that, that movie for the record. Good. I'm a huge fan of Wonder Woman. Uh, yeah. I mean, my wife watched it like I think three or four times, and we <laughs> neither one of us ever watched movies a second time. Never mind right. a third and a fourth. I just I always find it funny because I felt like Wonder Woman was like super solid movie could have ended in a great way yeah and they just threw in the CGI battle because somebody at WB was like it's a superhero movie where's our big triumphant fight at the ending of the whole I thing? have no you doubt know? that was the that was the conversation because like yeah. that's how Venom ended yeah no you, Venom was the only, Venom I thought was great it had its, it had its downsides but it, for the most part I thought it was an okay movie I liked it and then the ending was just like CGI and and you could, and I as I was watching the end of Venom I felt it was 100% the old school style of yeah. the of the like oh we got to show the face Cause remember back in the day it'd yeah. be Tobey Maguire Tobey Maguire would have to show his face they'd have to take the mask off like oh it's a Spider-Man movie oh screw that mask they're I still doing that <laughs> Peter how many people are at the end game fight 10,000 people and Spider-Man swings in, takes off his mask, and fights like that the entire time. <laughs> I know. I They're know. still doing that, but that dri- and that drives me crazy. But like, w- with with respect to Spider-Man three, when Venom takes off his mask and he's got like fangs, and so they're like, "Oh no, it's okay. We're showing Topher Grace, but he's kind of still Venom because he's got fangs." Right, it's fangs, because like, that's the thing with the Venom character. Yeah, oh yeah, no, fangs. the symbiote gives you fangs and and long fingernails. You know, for, for for as for as much of a hard on that Aviarad has for Venom, you'd think he might actually want to make Venom like work. <laughs> At least with the suit in Venom, I'll give you this. With with respect to Sony's Venom, he looks cool. He's got a cool voice, and he's a symbiote, and it works. Like you know, but they still do the thing where it's like, okay, so who's this villain? How about evil version of the hero? Yeah, yeah. Like what? Well, I, I love hated story. Topher Grace's Venom. I hated oh, it. And, and it was made to fail. That Topher Grace yeah, decision, it, you know they chose Topher Grace to be like, we're going to ruin this movie. Let's just <laughs> ruin it. Because you know, like, I'm, I'm sure Raimi was resentful of having to be shoehorned in. He's like, I want to tell an introspective story about Sandman. Like, uh, no one wants that anyway. But then Aviarad's like, and also Venom. And he's like, okay, you'll have your Venom. And I'll choose one of the most contemporarily unliked actors in Hollywood. <laughs> Who's scrawny and doesn't look the part of Eddie Brock. And, and you know, Topher Grace like failed. Like he he auditioned for Spider-Man and he didn't get it. So they were like, oh, let's just put it, let's just put him in it and make him anti-Spider-Man. And he was like, I love Spider-Man. Like he knew the character. So he's like, okay, I'm gonna hit the gym and I'm gonna to, I'm gonna do all this stuff, get all bulky for Eddie Brock. And they're like, stop, 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 stop. This, this isn't this is like Fantastic Four by Roger Corman. We don't meet we don't you're not doing this for real. We're doing right. this to show that no one wants this. That's, uh, anyway, Spider-Man's back in the MCU, and I'm excited, but only one movie. Well, so it's one movie, one cameo, supposedly, but there is talks of the second movie, and that's going to be the tie-in. Now, I kind of agree with the idea of 
That second movie needs to tie into Into the Spider-Verse. And we're already talking about a sequel with Miles Morales, Into the Spider-Verse 2. He's going to meet more Spider-People. Right. So I'm not against them using this as a way to carry on Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also not against Spider-Man in the MCU just ends and we just continue on and maybe a new Spider-Man is introduced into the Venom movie and we just move on with that. Right. I'm not against that either. So... I'm seeing a lot of chatter about it. Like, the third MCU Spider-Man movie has to end with a dimensional shift. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, what, and, what I hate is the way they're all wording that. Yeah. It has to end. Right. It has to end all with a All the theories link. are coming about that, where it's like, okay, and then he, but he has to, at some point, fall through a portal and end up in another universe. And I'm like, right. does he, does he really, like, what if, and this is a big what if, so please bear with me, but what if... The events of Venom were so insignificant that the Avengers just didn't notice. <laughs> like, what if it's on another side of the country and no one cared and it's just a blip the way that it well, is in our reality right now? Like, what if they only make one MCU Spider-Man movie, he has one MCU appearance, but they don't end it with a dimensional thing and he just fights Venom in the next movie and then eventually Spider-Man is still in the MCU sometimes. Like, what about right. that one? Like, what about I, the well, most reasonable Well, that's what I said even on my, on my rant video. I'm like, we could just do it the, the adjacent idea that Amy Pascal put out a while ago. Right. Is, I mean, you could very easily just have him come over there. The entirety of the Netflix series in which the giant army of ninjas tried to raise a dragon <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was yeah. never mentioned in an MCU movie, well, but it's... In the MCU, well, it's it's just not. <laughs> well, it, it, it's it's supposed to be like as far as Netflix was concerned, it was in the MCU. As far as the right. MCU was concerned, we're never going to address that. But it still could there happen. Wasn't even there wasn't even an, an Infinity War mention. Not even a conversation. Or like, when things are 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 ghosting out, turning to dust. There wasn't even a deleted scene of them like panning over Harlem just to imply the defenders got picked up. You know, like... <laughs> it wasn't... And, and as I understand it, I remember reading a thing where, you know, Feige was like, whoa, it was so hard to finagle schedules. And it, there wasn't even a conversation about using the defenders. And it was like... Yeah. Yeah, because, like, apparently Marvel TV and Marvel Studios can't work together at all. It's, like, harder for them to work together than Sony and Disney. Which is outrageous. And it's <laughs> that like, is. That, that okay. is outrageous. The fact that Sony and Disney can give us Spider-Man, but we can't get the defenders to just walk in the background. <laughs> or one. I'll take one defender. You, get, you just get uh, Charlie Cox. Charlie Cox Hell, just I'll, shows up. I'll take Rosario Dawson. <laughs> the, I'll take the interlinking of the defenders, the night nurse shows up and she's like, I'm here to save that. Oh no, I'm drifting away. <laughs> That's all you needed. Like you literally needed like Rosario Dawson patching a leg and then she dusts, that's it. And they didn't, and you, so that that's their way of saying, like, they're not in the MCU. None of that's in canon. I mean, the right. fact that they kept referring to it as the incident, like like they were bending over backwards, and that's actually interesting, because it's kind of segueing, and I don't I don't know if you want to go in that direction, but, like, to the oh, conversation. Yeah, we, we do need to move topics. We've been well, on this way too long. Well, let's move on, because, like, apparently Marvel TV is in major jeopardy. Yeah, so... If you're, if you're unaware, if you track what's going on with Marvel TV, Marvel TV encompasses the cartoons on Disney. I think it encompasses the Netflix situation. Yeah. And it encompasses the Hulu stuff that was going to be a thing. Right. Um, and, the, and, and it also has Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which if you aren't tracking, 
Ever since Civil War, I want to say. Not Civil War. Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. They've never referenced the movies at all. Nope. Like, they just have been doing their own thing. They're not even a part of the MCU anymore. Straight up no. Yeah. Um, what do you know about this? Because I know that they're in trouble, and I know Ghost Rider's canceled on Hulu. Well, that's the thing. But- it's just that can- Ghost Rider was canceled. I think that the MODOK show, I think the cartoon stuff is all still happening. Uh, but the ba- basically, I was excited for most of that. Me too, and I think those those <laughs> cartoons are still happening. But I get the feeling, and this is just—I I just wanted to kind of like really briefly address this. I get the feeling that like since w- we've talked about in the in the previous episode that Phase Four is practically just Disney Plus testing phase. Can we? Right. Can, can Marvel Studios make MCU shows and basically kick Jeff Loeb to the curb? And I mean, well, in all honesty, real quick on that one, they, they've yeah. come out again, and I, this has been said multiple times, but I saw right. a new report on it, that the reason why the Disney Plus Marvel shows are going to do well is they have big budgets. They have they have movie production yeah. budgets. $150 million for like a six-episode show. Yeah. Right, and like I said, like that is why these are going to succeed. Why do you think Game of Thrones did so well? Because it had a budget. Why what? do you think your favorite AMC show, Walking Dead, did well? Had a budget. Well, why do you think Breaking Bad did well? I mean, you, you can argue up and down, but the, well, and it had best good writing. shows, like, ha- yeah, had good writing. But they these shows, they've all uh, got a budget that makes it work. You know why there's laughable moments in the DC Universe Titan show? They don't have a budget. <laughs> right. The, why well, do you think Trigon look awkward walking across the screen? It's because they didn't have a budget. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, that, that's true. But also, the leadership is there. Feige is the helmer of the MCU. I don't think he wants to relinquish control in any capacity. And yeah. I think that also the the whole like head of Marvel slash Jeff Loeb a- angle of it is like, we don't want to work with them. We don't want to promote each other's projects. So why don't we just keep everything in house? And I think that like in theory, I think that's where it's going. I think ultimately there will be no more Marvel shows. And, yeah. and if phase four of the Disney plus era of Marvel works, then that's where they're all going to go. Like, all the shows will be developed through Disney Plus, through Kevin Feige. They won't be shows, and they'll basically be like movie pilots, basically. Like, hey, you like Moon Knight? Well, you know what? We are going to make him like very, very soft PG-13 for the show, and if it all works out, we'll make a little harder edge PG-13 movie, and that'll be yeah. it. Like, no, I, not... I could see that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 because Perlmutter's still in charge of Marvel itself, right? Like, still. he still has control of still has control. So. It's weird because you could see a clear disconnect from the comics to the movies, TV shows at this point. Yeah, DC is the same way. You can see a clear disconnect from the comics to the movies to TV shows. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to go too much into this. I'm not going to because I've got a lot of bridges I could burn if I ex- explained more. That's of the this thing. I was, very t- I was tiptoeing, but yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, Jim Zub tweeted out tagging me. He was going on a whole thing, and he was tagging me about how uh, Marvel and DC probably should work with Comic Story and, and Comic Pop and various channels. Oh, I didn't see that, uh, no. Get, well, he, I'm not sure. I can't remember the full wording, but it basically boiled it down to, we, why aren't we utilizing these resources kind of a situation? Mm-hmm. To which I responded with, uh, they do utilize me. Uh, I do get contacts with various companies about various comic books, and I love having my contacts, and I love talking to them. Yeah. But whenever I have contacts, and I told them this, whenever I have contacts with any of these companies, it's never about the comics. No. The contacts I have are about the movies, the video games. They're about the TV shows. They're about things like that. Yeah. And what it boils down to is the comic book industry itself does not make enough money to warrant its own marketing budget. Right. People like to come at me with their comic books and they'll be like, hey, could you promote these comic books? And then they get, normally get asked what my rates are. And my rates on the channel are very simple. They don't exist. 
Right. If it's a comic book, the only rule I have is I have to enjoy it. And the reason behind that is, one, I feel like I stay unbiased. That's my number one reason. Yep. If I'm only doing things I enjoy, then you know that if I did a video on it, either the art, the story, the character, something about this grabbed me. And two, I know they don't have a budget. Right. I know there's no money to be had. <laughs> yeah, they're not dead. Well, and if there is, it's it's all internal. Like, they're looking yeah, exactly. for ways to save. because, well, And that's the thing. It's why the comic book industry is it's it's so insulated and so insular and 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 so like separate. It's because like you know when you're dealing with the comic book industry, you're dealing with like m- m- a couple million dollars. Yeah, but when you which you with think the movie would be amazing, industry, but there's right. so many people to pay. <laughs> yeah, but but if you're dealing with like the movie industry, you're talking about tens, hundreds of millions of dollars. It's apples and oranges at that point. Like the comic book industry does not earn pull in enough to make them do all the things that like a studio does they're right. capable of telling stories and doing something phenomenal and magical and important but like they're not in the same weight class no that's exactly what it is like i mean i we we get because I, I know you get some of these invites too it's a lot of times for the games and stuff like that it's never yeah. for the comic no, we've I, never I, been approached by like a by a by a publisher. Well, that's not for true. their comic book. The, what I get for comic books is the PR team sends me the books. Yeah, and then I can read the book, and that's about the extent of our relationship when it comes to comic books. Yeah, I get them all, and I flip through them, and I go, "Oh, we're gonna cover this one. Oh, this one looks great." You know? Yeah, yeah. But that's it. <laughs> right. No, it's just well, and also like the the comic book industry is constantly chasing that barrier to entry. They're constantly like, "How do we get new readers? How do we get new people to read this thing? How do we get people to read comic books at all?" And it's like, you know, it's hard and it's hard regardless of what avenue you follow. Yeah. Well, this brings me to my topic and why I leaned into this. Yeah, let's do it. With the TV shows and the movies, what you never really see is, let's take Spider-Man for example. Sure. Okay. Spider-Man came out far from home. Right. Did you see an ad or a promotion or anything in the front of it? If you enjoy Spider-Man, check out Nick Spencer's run of Amazing Spider-Man. Not even a little, like, I didn't, I haven't seen a comic book appear yeah. in a Marvel Cinematic movie in a long... I think we have seen them, but not in any real... Co- like, the, like literally the only scene I'm thinking of where I can remember a Marvel comic visible on screen was Blade Trinity when Pat Nozzle picked up a copy of Dracula. Okay. Like, and that was that. <laughs> Blade Trinity? Like, I'm trying yeah. to... Like, but there's been no... Cross promotion, like you, I mean, the, you know what I will say. The best promotion I have seen so far, yeah. And I, this is one of the things I love about DC Universe. If you pick DC Universe and you click Titans, right, right beneath it, here's the Titans catalog and what links to each of your characters. Check absolutely, them all out. yeah. And no. like, why don't we get more of that? Why don't we have Spider-Man Far From Home? And they come out and they're like, "You like Mysterio? Right now, Nick Spencer's writing a brand new Mysterio story. But you should also go check out some of our catalog with these Volume 13 and Volume 15. Right? Like, but, how hard would that be to do a minute plug in your? Just do it in the previews. Right. I'm not well, saying put it in the movie. And it's <laughs> well, and especially with the DC Universe app, it's like. And this is not sponsored, by the way, but like it, the barrier to entry is so much thinner. I know, so yeah, not sponsored at all. We're just no. both fans of the actual. We both app. have the app, but like <laughs> literally, you're like it, it's it's a qu- and this is the same thing with with the internet, by the way, with YouTube videos and with everything else. Like you're trying to get someone to to just push their finger against a glass screen, and it's like you got the you got the app. You're watching the show. Literally, right there is yeah. the comic. 
as opposed to like in the theater where it's like, hey, when you're done at this great big movie you just spent $35 to go see, go to a specialty store that may or may not exist in your neck of the woods, walk through the door, and then look at an ocean of colors and yeah. characters, and try to grab one of them because you might be interested in a character you saw in a movie. Like, it's, n it's never going to happen, and it's... Or at least it's, if it does happen, it happens such a minuscule scale that it's not worth the effort to do it. By the way, I, I saw a couple of references to, like, they did put a comic book in Logan. Uh, yeah, Logan did it, yeah. That's a custom comic book made specifically for the story of Logan. <laughs> I didn't see a Jim Lee. I didn't see a, like, Stan Lee. They didn't even pick up Old Man Logan. It wasn't even like they picked up Old Man Logan no. as a formal reference. They, they it wasn't like he grabbed, he grabbed that custom comic and behind it was Old Man Logan. It was right. <laughs> no, I, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about a comic book that is like a reference to the industry, not like a custom comic book that depicts and foreshadows moments that happen in the movie that's drawn <laughs> by Joe Quesada, who, by the way, at that point was like chief creative officer of Marvel Comics and is not... Like a comic book man, he's a liaison between Marvel, like the company and the yep. movie industry. Like that was a coordinated effort where it's like I, I have a guy that I talk to about movies, and he also draws, so I called him. Like that was not like a, a we worked with Marvel and we made this thing. No, like it's not the same. You, thing. I, what I would love to see, and this is what we're not going to see, and this brings this conversation back to the what we were talking about with the promotion and why I brought right. comic books to begin with. DC Universe, you watch Titans, they're going to give you Titans comic books. And Ooh. they'll even give you references. You like Raven? Swamp Here's thing. Raven. Same thing. Here's yeah. Swamp Thing. Here's Swamp Thing comic books. Disney Plus, even though they own Marvel, I can almost guarantee oh, you, you watch no Falcon and Winter Soldier is not going to be referencing the Falcon and Winter Soldier run right beneath it. They, they won't even talk about it. They won't even no. bring it up. And I feel no. like it'd be the easiest way to do promotion if they were to go Disney Plus and then right beneath it with your Disney Plus, you have a Marvel Unlimited subscription oh. and they just link you right in and you can go read the Bucky Barnes Winter Soldier run. What I mean, like, a, wouldn't that be great? What a great idea. And by the way, like a lot of the digital arm of the comic book industry that's made and done is done with an ear to the ground considering the brick and mortar comic book stores. Like the reason why a comicsology comic book costs the same exact amount as a physical copy of a comic book when what am I buying? Is because yeah, oh, I've never agreed with that. It took me forever to go digital because of that. Right. Only because I cannot fit physical comics in this office. It's anymore. literally just space. <laughs> the same. I am deal. out of space, so Look, I had to go digital. This is this was a two hundred dollar shelf that has double duty going on, and they're just <laughs> trades, not floppies. I broke two tables holding floppies, but like we gave, we gave we started giving away my floppies and trades. That was right. what we gave away for most episodes on the comics uh, comic store weekly. Right. When we were building up the audience. We were like, we're giving away a comic every episode, right? Because I read it was, and then I'm like, what am I going to do with this now? It's exactly it. Everyone is like, why are you why are you giving away your collection? I'm like because my collection is like I have one long box that is my collection. Yeah, everything else has been given to us, shipped to us, and things like that. And we just started giving it back to the audience. You like, got it. I, yeah. I couldn't do anything. Like, as much as I would love to be that guy that has a library of graphic novels in his house, uh, my wife would murder me. <laughs> totally. And she um, doesn't mind comics, and she would murder me. If no, every because there's just no room. Was, like, well, you guys yeah. have a, you guys also have a very minimalist style, and it's it, it's envious. But uh, the well, beginning back to it, um, they're they're doing it in deference to brick and mortar comic book stores. Disney doesn't care about that. So yeah. like they w if if they thought about it or if they had any like true relationship with the publishing house 
the Marvel Unlimited thing would be synonymous with Disney Plus. And, and that's what I don't understand. I don't understand why we're in a day and age where comic books are the backbones to these video games and these movies, be it a taken plot or a brand new plot. Like the Spider-Man right. game you've never seen before, that was brand new. But some of these movies, we know the plot to these. Why are we not promoting the comic book industry? Why are we not getting people in those stores? And if you, and if you, if you want to sit here and argue that the day and age of a comic book store is over, and I, I go back and forth in that decision, and yeah, I've made I, it very public. We're not here to talk about that. No, 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 I know. And I've made it very public that I feel comic book stores need to be adapting at the day and age. And like that, any, that's a, like that's any a, that is a whole other episode that we could easily do of this podcast. Because I don't think we ever deep dived into our full opinions on the weekly poll. So we could easily do a full yeah, what's, uh, discussion what's on that. What's to become but, of the comic book store, yeah. Right, what's to become of the comic book store? But either way, on that topic, that doesn't even matter right now. I don't understand why we're, we're not even making an attempt to get people into a comic book store. Or to get people into that Walmart store for that book. Or to get people onto the digital app. That Walmart like, thing, like, it was it was weird because, like, it was like, oh, wow, like, DC's trying something. And they yeah. they caught a metric pile of crap from the comic book store industry yeah. who were like, you're destroying our... And it's like, Walmart, at the end of the day, didn't care and didn't no. do anything to promote it. They shoved them at the lowest shelf near the checkout. It was just, yeah. it was a waste of time and space. The comic book store industry was was completely wrong for getting that upset about it because, like, at the end Especially of the day, the books are all in the comic book store now. Well, and they have them now, so it's like, oh, well, I hope that the legions of Walmart fans all come to your store to pick up your book. Like, no, like, yeah, I, I, I'm. It's weird that like the comic book industry is so behind the times, and yet also so like, you know, forward thinking, like. You know, you know. I, I was just thinking about this. Okay, you know, you want to go ahead and say Marvel and DC don't have the budget to properly put a ad in front of a movie. Right. Okay. I, I, I know the budgets these companies are working with, and while they have money, it's not they, that they kind don't of have money. the yeah they don't have hundreds of millions of dollars to pay for trailers and throw them out there. You know who does? Millions. Yeah. You know who does have money though? Amazon. Right. Why is Amazon not making a comicsology ad? I can't. <laughs> I, I don't understand it for the life of me. Um, I, I do understand why, like, the movies don't do it. And it's because, why? Like, yeah. what, what is my motivation to help shoulder the burden of an industry I'm not in, I don't understand, and don't want to promote? Like, if Marvel Studios wanted to promote the comic book industry, they easily could for pennies on the dollar, proportionately speaking. But they don't because, like, honestly... What's in it for me? You know, it, it yeah. just doesn't pay to do it. Like, Disney Plus could easily purchase, acquire, work out a licensing rights issue with Marvel Limited and integrate it into it. And it would make sense because Disney Plus, of course, is trying to appeal to children and, and, and young adults. And, and it's trying to get content on day one. And it's like, oh, how about, uh, I don't know, 10,000 comic books all within a, like, a, a stone's throw of the videos that you're already like sticking into their tablet? Like, why not that? And it's like, because I don't understand it. I don't make any money from it. And those are the two reasons why I don't do it. Like, that's yeah. it. And uh, it's like, I am going to comment on something from our Twitch chat real quick. And if yeah, you sure. are wondering where we stream this live and you can participate in the discussion, join us at twitch.tv slash comic story and every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. Um, they are bringing up that they have seen Comicsology ads on both of our channels. YouTube. There's a... Yeah, there's a difference between a Google ad, which I can actually buy an ad for Comic Storian, and Dan and I keep talking about it for the last three months that we should, because like even Variant made an ad. 
He did. That is that is by far cheaper than doing a movie ad. I'm talking about Spider-Man Far From Home is going to start up, and in front of that, you know where they play the stupid movie games and stuff when you get to the movie theater early yeah. and you're sitting here going, well, I don't want to eat all my popcorn before the movie starts. <laughs> why is there not a Comixology ad on that? Right. You know? And why are they? Why is Comixology not hitting up Marvel and being like, hey, we're going to mention all your Spider-Man books in the Comixology app under Comixology Unlimited? Because and they, they are. do. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, well, I mean, whenever Comixology has like a, a sale, it's always tying in with either a show or a movie yeah. or an appearance. Like, oh, look, Spider-Man's in the theater again. Uh, 87% off of all Spider-Man comics right now. Like, what's also funny is why don't you see, like, when you're look when you're trolling Instagram, like another full page ad of like Tom Holland be like, hi, it's Tom Holland here. Well, you should watch the trailer for Spider-Man Homecoming. Like, okay, fine. How about... You pay Sony, you work with Marvel Studios, whatever, to be like, hey, it's Tom Holland here. You know what's great? Spider-Man, I am him. And also, you want to pick up Nick Spence's book. It's, out, it's Scroll up. F- swipe up to buy it. You know, like, what? I One? like your Tom Holland accent. <laughs> it's just a little <laughs> British. It's like, oh, what's going on? It's enough that I can tell what you're going for, but I don't feel offended. Well, I'm not going, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going full tilt. I don't want to insult the guy. I, I think we, we got a lot more topics to talk about today. And yeah. uh, I do want to make sure we always hit our topics that we promote that we're going to be talking about. So Completely. I think we should move on from this discussion. I think yeah. at this point, this this almost needs to be an episode in itself. I know, So right? maybe when we do have a dry week, we'll come back to this, talk about comic book stories, the promotion of the comic book industry. Um, but let's go ahead and move on to some comic book discussions themselves. I, well, with, so far, I've still got, we're going to talk about Batman, Superman 2, Curse of the White Knight, Batman and Harley dating, Hawks and Pox, because you want to bring that up again. We're going to talk about that Birds of Prey trailer. And I want to get your pre-opinions of Joker before we all go to New York and try and discover that we can't watch it on the weekend because we're going to be super busy. So <laughs> uh, There's no way. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Sal, you want to go see that midnight showing on Sunday? <laughs> yeah, in, in Manhattan. Oh, great. Yeah. I have $65 and I want to be, and I want people screaming at the screen. Pass. How much money do you guys think we make? We're going to be in New York. We'll see that movie when we go back home. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go see that in the comfort of my own home at 2 p.m. on a Sunday. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I'll talk about Batman Superman 2. Yeah. Uh, big book right now. Uh, if you're not tracking what's going is on it? with that one, <laughs> the, I think it is. The I, Batman Who Laughs turned into a good one-off vid- villain who now won't go away. Agreed. <laughs> I can't believe how far... It's it's like DC is like, okay, uh, we could like use him sparingly and bank on the idea that like he's popular now he will be in like 6 months to to a year or we could just bury him in stories until he until no one can stand looking at him. I, I have a feeling that DC is treating the Batman who laughs as like the event villain, right? But but like I, I would say that in the sense of like think of an event villain like Monarch. Like mm. <laughs> he, he he shows up. He's amazing. He burned out. We didn't care. Like that kind of a villain. I, I guess not Monarch because he never came back. No. Um, I think what they're banking on is a Joker-looking character with a Joker movie coming out, but they don't want to oversaturate us with Joker mm. because I feel like one of the tent poles of Joker is that he doesn't show up that often. Right. I, I, as much as I love Scott Snyder's writing and I love his Batman and I love Joker, I think I think Scott Snyder overused the Joker. Don't he no, used him? He did. There's yeah. no, there's no debate about it. And not only did he do that, I remember when like he first used the Joker, and he's like, I only really have like two Joker stories, so like you're not gonna see him in my run. And I'm like, he's the only character in your run after Court of Owls. Like, 
But uh, once he showed up at Death of the Family, like the Joker just didn't leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's moved in. I mean, like, and by the way, like, it's funny because if you if you pick the top five Joker stories of all time, I guarantee you, Endgame and the Death of the Family are in that list. So it's like yeah. he was right to do it. So I guess. Oh no, I agree. I, and as I said, I love Scott Snyder's Batman run. I do, but I do think he may have overused the Joker. And I I they're almost, all overusing I, him. Yeah. I, I, I almost feel like the Batman Who Laughs came out of a place where he's like, I want to use the Joker again, but I, 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 can't, I can't use him again. I, can't, I don't have right. like a third story for the Joker. Yeah. So I'll just make a Batman and Joker. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. And now he's my character. We can use him as much as we want. I think, he, I think he took a page out of the Bendis playbook where he's like, why would I use and promote a character that someone else made when I could get residuals on a character that's just like that character, but I invented them? Like, yeah. he could literally bank on the whole, like, mystery, fear, and impact of the Joker, but it's a totally different character, and it's his character. I think that's exactly yep. what it is. And I think he's like, I also don't know, like, how long I'll be at DC, how long I'll be doing this. I want to make all the, uh, and, and how often they'll use him after I'm no longer here. Why don't I just use him right now all the time? Right. So, yeah. I mean, and, like, that, and, and that's so what I feel like. And I'm not against it. I do like the Batman Who Laughs. I brought this up on one of our other podcasts uh, that are we worried that eventually we're going to be burned out on the Batman Who Laughs? Yeah. I'm up already to burned this out. point, my only complaint about the Batman Who Laughs is he's supposed to be Joker in Batman. But for a guy who has Batman in him, he seems to be failing a lot. <laughs> That's the thing. He, when when you did the Batman in Last series, that the the Jock series, I was like, okay, and I really enjoyed it, and then I didn't anymore. Like it was just it just dropped, and I'm like, it, it's just because he's supposed to be unstoppable, which means you're really only supposed to use him like once or twice. Right, right. He's an unstoppable force. The combination of the greatest villain and the greatest superhero yep. is an unstoppable force, and Batman stopped him. And he stopped him. <laughs> and he stopped him in record time. Like, I, I don't know. It's in rec- I like a, in record time. Batman like, it didn't take up. an event. It took like a little, it took a six issue miniseries, and he was defeated again, again. And I, I like how he beat him just by smashing his head too. It wasn't even like like a whole elaborate plot. It was like, no, Yo, maybe come, we'll come and fight me, and I'm gonna beat you with a gravestone. <laughs> yeah, like m- maybe I'll just, may- yeah, maybe we'll highlight his like the Batman's intelligence and how sanity is important. Like, no, no, he's gonna beat him to death. Uh, but like, but, <laughs> but I like that. But Batman Superman, I think, is a good idea. Um, especially with the direction that Joshua Williamson is bringing it. So, Batman Who Laughs left stuff in the system. Now, what I like about this so far, this is what I am enjoying about this, and I think you, I think you disagree. It's about the Batman Who Laughs as a villain, but he's not a part of it. Oh, no, it's I'm glad he's not everything that he it. left. Yeah, he I, left everything. Well, except the, he is in it now. now. Now he's in it, but... It was issue con- two. <laughs> like, but the concept is, like, they didn't play it off like, he got free again! You know, it's like... These are the things that he put in place when he was free roaming. Right. And what we now are discovering is we got to let him out and figure out what he was doing because he is Batman and he implemented all these plans mm-hmm. and they're all in place because he's Batman. Yeah. And now what do we do? You know? Right. So, and what I like about what he's done with this book is the fact that we all knew Shazam who last was not going to be a thing. Like he'll be back. He'll be a villain. He'll be but a we, statue. We, Right, but yeah, he'll be his statue. But no one was expecting like Shazam who laughs to be the villain for ten issues. I I, it, I did not expect that. No, and and thankfully right. we didn't get that. I think the idea is just kind of like okay, it's evil versions of the characters. We just did an event where that was the case. We don't need another run of that. 
Right. Well, and we're getting a pseudo of that, but I like the mystery of who's next. Yes. That's like, the, yeah. No, Williamson took an idea that like seems kind of one-dimensional and made it interesting. Um, it's just kind of like, not that I can see everything that's happening. It's it's not that I'm like pre precognizant. It's more just like, okay, like I I don't, I don't know this. I think it's in the wake of Dark Knight's Metal and the Batman Who Last series, this feels a little underwhelming because we've had so much happen and starring the same exact characters all within the same span of he each is, other. He's gone nonstop, hasn't he? Dark Knight yeah. Metal ended and he popped up in a couple of those other yeah. books. Yeah, he showed up in other books. Yeah. And, and like he wasn't gone is what I'm saying. And then we right. just kind of started up. We didn't get any lull of no Batman Who no. Laughs. No, there was there was no like six month window. It's it's the thing they say about the Joker, where they're like, "Hey, wouldn't it be cool if they took the Joker off the table for like a year?" And it's like, yeah. you think about it, and it's like, did they do that ever? And sometimes it it's like longer, but not quite that much. He even so, he'll show up for like single issues and stuff like that. You know, right. like he, like people like yeah, we all have the notable Joker appearances, but he does show up for little things. Like I was just doing research on some Joker stories, and I'm like, I think we did all the good ones, and I found <laughs> one that I totally forgot I had done. But it's one where Batman and Zatanna go against the Joker, and the Joker shoots Zatanna. Okay, um, but you, know, you didn't even know it existed because no. it's, it was like a two issue quick thing in Detective Comics, oh, and we didn't know it was the Joker because it was like some magician for half the book. And then he pulled the mask off, like, I got you, Batman! <laughs> but they, see, that's, the, that's such a tried and true trope for the Joker as well. It starts all the way back when they reveal the origin of the Joker in the first place, where it's like, it's this villain that Batman has to fight. It's a new villain. Who is he? Oh, it's the Joker, actually. That's the Red Hood. I mean, like, that's everything the Joker's been doing. Yeah, no. Uh, that's cool. I mean, like, but yeah, they can't just, they can't help themselves. And I'm worried that, like, when you've got a Joker and a Batman who laughs, who's basically just another Joker... You're gonna have like both. It's gonna make people really fatigued because you got two of these world-threatening problems that yeah. are Batman-centric at the same time. Like, while Batman laughs is doing something, what's Joker up to? You know, and and vice versa. Like, I don't know. It's who. I don't have enough like emotional security in my head to like to, to not worry about all that crap when it's happening. So. Right. So, I mean, overall, I am liking where it's going. I'm liking the pacing that he's doing with it so far. I feel like we are moving on to the next story beat. We're not just going to hang out with Shazam who laughs, you know, no. for and six issues, and I'm happy about that. As much yeah. fun as I think it would have been to see them fight, I feel like we did. issue three or four, I would have been like, all right, well, oh no, just get him to say Shazam and kidnap Billy. Like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> exactly. No, it, it's, it's cool. It's fun. Uh, the art is great because it's Marquez, who's amazing. Yep. Uh, but... Overall, I, 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 would f I would be more excited if it wasn't the Batman Who Laughs. If he, was just if, if he wasn't in it at all. Right, and maybe we'll see that. Maybe, maybe, that's, maybe the direction will go. Maybe that's the big twist. Doesn't I mean, feel this like is not it. titled Batman, Superman, the Batman Who Laughs. It's titled Batman, Superman. Well, so that's, in theory, that's that's we're the going to Oh, eventually, yeah. but we got, we got to fill a trade first. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> all <laughs> right, so keeping it on Batman theme, Curse of the White Knight. So, for those who yeah. don't know, Curse of the White Knight is a continuation to the... What's the first one called? White Knight. Oh, just White Knight? Uh, yeah. Basically, in this, there's a storyline of Joker became sane, became Jack Napier. Uh, and then, in the Jack Napier character, reverted back to Joker, fought against Batman, revealed that Batman is not as good as he seems, damaging the city, causing problems, all kinds of stuff that Batman himself didn't really think about. Yep. And now, Curse of the White Knight is a sequel. And in the sequel, we've discovered that... Jack Napier, is, there's like an ancient Joker and an ancient Batman, yep. and 
<laughs> and they apparently have been fighting forever. And Azrael's involved in this, and he's the inheritance of half of Gotham, so he's fighting against Batman. Yeah. Um, the concept is awesome if you yeah. liked the White Knight concept. But one thing that was they've been kind of hinting at is a potential relationship of Bruce Wayne and Harley. Yeah. And that's what you wanted to talk about, Sal, the relationship that seems to be emerging out of this book. Yeah, because it's a thing. Now, bear, I don't well, think bear in mind, this is an alternate reality. This is not main storyline. Right. No, this is not Batman in the whatever DC Prime universe. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I got to. I've not really seen this addressed outside of probably some kind of fan fiction. Uh, but like, the only one I've seen is on Harley. It was on a Valentine's Day issue, and she dreamed that she went on a date with Batman. Oh, really? Because uh, the that's one I'm the thinking only of thing I've ever seen is the Batman animated series episode Harley's Holiday, where she smooches him at the end of the episode. Yep. Well, and I yeah, that, but that's the only like, and and even then, like, you get the impression like Batman's like a, a cute blonde kissed me but it's not it didn't go any further than that no nope. um that's also the same series where we were all wanting the batman wonder woman ship and that never happened <laughs> yeah that's true uh i, I certainly <laughs> like the batman wonder better better than the the uh, batman babs romance which is like sacrilege um, oh no i don't know what the that's Bruce so Tim, gross. Man. i don't like that <laughs> don't do that that's your, that's your <laughs> don't do that that's like sleeping with your with your golf buddy's daughter don't be gross I'm First looking at him. Dan doing some research on it on the behind-the-scenes area here. Oh, cool. Uh, Dan, yeah. do you have anything to interject on this relationship? I have found that the Harley Quinn was uh, best known, obviously, as the Joker's girlfriend. And uh, she was notably kissed, most notably kissed him in the episode Harley's Holiday from Batman the Animated Series. Right. And then in the New 52... Uh, there were a couple of stories in which Harley became infatuated with either Bruce Wayne or Batman. Oh, okay. And, uh, it looks like in all of them, they were one-sided that Harley was into Batman, not vice versa. Right. Okay. Actually, I didn't know there was more than... I just know about the Valentine's Day issue from the New 52. That's cool. Because like in this, we get this impression, and it's from Harley, because Harley in the White Knight universe is like a genius that rivals the Joker and Batman. Yeah. And she indicates, I think in issue two or three, uh, that she's like, don't think that I n haven't noticed you looking at me. And it's yeah, like... Yeah, it, well, she, she comments that he bought her a dress in the, and that means that he knew her breast size because she right. got it perfect. Yeah. Like, or bra size. I, I, don't think, I, I think breast would have been an awkward thing to say in the comic book. But she's like, well, it, I, you knew my bra size is basically what she was getting at. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, and she was like, you knew my bra size, which means you know my exact measurements. Uh, right. And he was like, well, I'm a detective. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, don't by the be, way, yeah. if you but, ever want to be Batman and use a pickup line, buy a girl a dress with the exact bra size and then be like, I'm a detective. That's how I know that. <laughs> that's not a good idea. There's only one person who can get away with that, and his name's Batman. <laughs> <laughs> you do that to any other girl, she's going to be like, stalker? <laughs> Just get her a gift certificate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> get her a gift certificate. You get something that fits you. <laughs> yeah, you, you pick it out. Uh, but no, like I'm... I'm, I'm Honestly intrigued because this White Knight universe that uh, Murphy has created is fun. And it's like this really fun like distillation of all of Batman everywhere. From cartoons to movies to comics to, to Elseworlds. All like boiled down into this one universe that he's created. And it's like, I, I'm, there are some shocking things that happen in the most recent issue where I was like, I'm okay with this because it's, it's an alternate reality and it's, it's, it, it befits the story and the tone and the narrative, the direction that this is going in. So I'm like, this is cool. So the idea of Harley and Batman is something that in, in the animated series and in the comics, I found repugnant 
Now I'm like, oh yeah, I'm okay with this. Like, and and I'm fascinated by it because, of course, in this issue we find out that that Harley is pregnant with twins, and so yep. and they're both Jokers. Well, I loved, I loved the. I hate we're talking about the Joker again, but I love Joker slash Napier's reaction to that and the 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 just the cuts that he was taking at her. Oh, I know. And He's, Batman standing up for her. I was like. He, like, he really is going to protect her. He's really much white knighting this title I of know. the book. <laughs> uh, got it. I, but that's true. And, like, the idea... And then I'm thinking about it, like, long-term. I'm like, what if they do this? Like, what if they, 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 they have Batman and Harley get together and he has to raise Joker's sons? Like, that's kind of crazy. I and, didn't even think of that! <laughs> right? Like, well, and also, it, 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 and it, and it continues the trend because... I don't think Damien's in this universe, and so the only children... And they've only implied Jason Todd. Right, right. Like, it happened, he's alive, he just didn't come back, is all we know. Yes. Uh, But, like, maybe this is another carryover of the idea of, like, no, Batman doesn't have any direct lines. Everyone's an orphan in the Batman universe. Like, and they're all raised by different people. So, like, Batman raising the Joker's children is kind of fascinating, and I kind of dig it. Like... In this pocket universe that doesn't influence the real universe, which is funny right. to say, but like I, mean, I'm, I'm kind of digging. Side note: I do want to know what happened to Jason. I'm so curious about what. I the, think Jason's Azrael. No, what? No, what? No, it's John Paul. It is John Paul Valley. Why would it be? Uh, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> What's what? Doesn't that name kind of sound made up to you? I mean, <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> But what, what, no, no, because I, I feel like there'd be a waste to wrap the Jason mystery into the, the Dumas in, in mystery. I mean, that's one thing I like about Sean Gordon Murphy's writing and his art style. I, 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 want, to, I want to see more of this universe. I don't want this to end at White Knight and Curse of the White Knight. I want it feels like it is, though, because that's where they're, that's the direction they're going in. Although, yeah, like they're wrapping everything up. He's, he, like, he's talking about revealing himself as Bruce Wayne and Batman and blah, blah, blah. And I, like, I want more. Well, I think you're going to get more because there's no way this book isn't selling well. But, like, you know, maybe they'll cut to, like, Batman White Knight Beyond. And it'll be about the future of the White Knight universe, you know? But I, I don't know. But I'm, I feel like this... It feels like there are stakes in this universe. It feels like every decision that's made is deliberate and it's, like, impactful. He's not thinking about yeah. the next one. He's just thinking about making this story work. Well, and that's what I like about this so much because I don't feel like... Uh, going back to some of the stories you've read and anything that's an ongoing series, I have said yeah. for years, I feel the ongoing run for the most part needs to end because every ongoing run has those lulls, has those problems, has like, why are you, like a great example of the Tom King run, as much as I love what he's doing, there are lulls in there where he's just working in some extra story to fill some time. Big as time. much as I'm loving Joshua Williamson's Flash story, we do get the weird one-offs that are like, why, why are we doing this? Where are we oh, going? Yeah. And I, I like the idea of what White Knight is doing and what Black Label is doing, where it's like, here's six issues, here's a story, we're not dragging it out, it's a great tale, go enjoy it, we'll be back later when we have another solid one. Exactly. We're not gonna fill time until we get to it, we're just done. Well, Taking a page from like the killing joke, or uh, the Batman Dan, Batman Dan was great, Imagine if that universe kept going, you'd be like, this story doesn't even work now. Like, no, no, it's true, well I mean, that, uh, that that lends credence to the whole thing of like, you know, gra- the graphic novel format is kind of like heading in that, like the comic book industry should be going in that direction in the first place. Like, I think that uh, there's the a definitely, pro- there's definitely an, an argument to be made that says like the floppy format is kind of dwindling. Well, the problem I have with what they're doing with the floppy format, and I actually, I still like my weekly ongoing series. Um, and I don't mind the lulls to an extent. The problem that I have with it is when there are 60 books coming out a week. 
Right. Now now you, you like for a, a super hard- hardcore comic fan like myself who's going to yes. buy over half of those books, you <laughs> give me five issues of a lull, I forget where we are, I stop reading the book. Oh, totally. Like that's oh. it. Like that's that, that's it at this point. Like, well, and, and I hate to say it, but we ha- we have oversaturated the comic book market to the point of I prefer the graphic tri- graphic uh, the graphic novels. Yeah. Because simply put, I know that's going to be a solid story. Well, and if it sucked, I at least know it's over. Like right. okay, we're done. I'm 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 moving on. Well, and there's so many people who are trade waiting and don't know that by trade waiting, you're actually killing the book faster because pre-orders are what makes the book survive, which which, which shouldn't be how known- it works. We, exactly. We've known for like at least a decade now, I think maybe two, that this doesn't work. People want the trade at the end of it. And trades yes. have picked up as production and is able to get higher. Publishing is faster. Trades are going out faster, making trade waiting even more viable, which yeah. is more hurting the industry. And then you constantly hear people like the writers and the artists being like, don't trade wait. My book will be canceled if you trade wait. And then the readers go, well, I'm waiting for the trade. So that's what I'm going to do. Right. And then the book gets canceled. And then you go, why did you cancel Gwenpool? Yeah. Because well, nobody was buying the floppy. Because, and the, we because rely the floppy, floppy collects, as weird as it is. <laughs> well, because the floppy is five dollars an issue, and the trade is fifteen dollars, and the trade yeah. collects six issues. That's why. Like, honestly, I feel yeah. like they continue the floppy market in the way they're doing things for the same reason we do a comic story. Our biggest money getter at this point is the full story series. Yeah. We, we take all of our videos that we've made over the course of a year because we've made this channel. We've been doing this channel for so long. I know. The full story series came out of necessity because you couldn't find that parts to your stories. People ask me why I've not released Doomsday Clock. Why, why I'm waiting on Doomsday Clock. Yeah. The reason is simple. If I'd been releasing them with the uh, issues releases, you would have lost track of where they were. Just like the people who read the book. <laughs> right. You wouldn't be able to find them on my channel. Yeah. Out of necessity for having over 2,000 videos on the channel, the full stories came out of that where Dan goes in, finds a playlist that we have, and puts together a full story right. that we can then release for the audience to enjoy because you can't find our videos that easily anymore. Yeah. Hardcore fans will go digging through and find them, but our casual viewer doesn't get it. So right. what our channel has almost turned into is Monday is our graphic novel release, and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is our trades. Because right. that's where I'll do two to three issues. Here's a portion of the story, and it, you can either watch those, but then those get canceled if my views are down because I did Batman No Man's Land, and the views went down because people were like, I'm going to wait for the full story, and then I canceled the show. See? so the four, <laughs> see, we, we, have a, we have a microcosm of how the comic book industry works. It's just unsustainable. Put out the whole damn thing at once. Right, which I wish I could do. We're actually doing that to fix the Batman No Man's Land situation. Good. I've actually been recording a bunch of them. They're just getting put together, and we're just going to put it out as a giant. That's the way to go. Later. That's the way to do yeah. it. Because well, and you know, YouTube favors favors longer videos anyway. So you know, it 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 it, it works on multiple levels. So yeah, exactly. But what I'm saying is, like, the channel is almost structured like the comic book industry at this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and you have the same pitfalls. It's true. Only it's free to watch, as opposed to six dollars an issue. Right. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah. Uh, okay, let's move on to Hawks and Pox because I've I've expressed that I don't intend on reading this till it's finished. Oh I'm right. Trade waiting, but yeah, yeah. I Just, am trade waiting, but I am buying the issues. I, right. Don't get me wrong. I do buy my floppies if I even if I'm going to trade wait because I know what it does to the industry. 
Right. So, well, and and we can afford to do that in our own yeah, way. Yeah, we can. You're right. And and I will. I know not everyone can afford to do that. But yeah. I'm not going to come from one topic in which we're telling everyone to stop trade waiting and then go. And I'm trade waiting for hawks and pox. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. No. It's. But but hawks and pox is crazy, man. I don't know. It's just it's it's for, for those of you guys who don't know uh, to catch you up. Ah, yes. Ho- hawks and pox are the abbreviations for House of X and Powers of X. Jonathan Hickman recently came back to Marvel to do a complete reboot to the Marvel Universe. Uh, not Marvel. X-Men Universe and uh, Hawks and Pox are the books doing that. Yep. Sal's currently reading them. What do you think about them? I think they're incredible and I'm like kind of fascinated because you know, they called it two series that are one. The idea being that like they're both they're both running concurrently. They both have like very similar art styles so that like they, they feel like it's one series that's basically 12 issues but coming out on a six issue rate. And it's fascinating to watch how uh, Hickman is juggling continuity and new ideas and graphic de- depiction of storytelling and uh, just playing with language and character and, and, and story and, and, and future and timeline and stuff like that. And it's like, it's fascinating to watch from an outsider perspective, like just being like, because, you know, I'm not the world's biggest X-Men fan, but I'm fascinated right. to see where it's going because I'm I'm connected to X-Men and I know some of those stories. So I'm like, oh, look at oh, that. Oh, yeah, you like, love the 90s X-Men show. Like, you, right. like as, much as, as much as you don't read up current X-Men, it's like the Batman animated series. You're still connected to that, even if you didn't like current Batman, which you don't actually, so. <laughs> right, no, but, uh, but you know, but, uh, but I read, you know, like the Phoenix Saga and all the other stories like that took place. Like, I read all the seminal X-Men runs and like, so, but, but over time, especially during like the era when the Inhumans became prevalent, like the X-Men, X-Men have not been really been worth reading. So it's like... No, they haven't. No, To they see it now, it's it, it's incredible to watch the series and how, like, as the series have come to their close, because they're they're almost done. It's the last issues of both series. Um, as they reached, like, issues four and five of their respective series, they've become more intertwined. Like, one was clearly like a time book, and the other one was more like a current period story-driven book. And how they both have become inexorably twined with each other to the point where you need... I'm seeing people who are like, I'm only reading House of X. And it's like, you're missing half of it. Oh, yeah. That was part of the reason why I decided to wait for the trades in these because I would read House of X and then I'd read Powers of X. I'm like, this is the same story. Part of the time travel is in House of X. Right. Like, and I read... And it was just getting confusing because I was like, I'll just wait for these to finish and read them as, as one big thing. Yeah. No, it's true. And I hear what you're saying and I don't blame you because, look, when... When it's done and you do get to read it in trade, and by the way, I think that's actually a not, I don't know how they're going to do it, but I hope they, they do it right because you need to alternate. Like you need to be like, I'll read House of X like uh, three and then Powers of X four. Like you I need- think they're probably, I could see them doing one giant thing like they did with Damnation. Where Damnation put it in the appropriate order so that you could read it as a series. I hope they do to- that, but I also see the, like, the greed of being like, no, I'm going to put out two trades that are both $20 a piece. Yeah, it, I can see that. <laughs> and I don't and I don't care if like it narratively doesn't make sense. But uh, Well, they've they've openly said and I've talked to various companies, a 4 to 6 issue run does better. And what? I get a feeling the idea of Pox and Hawks is make them both six issues. They'll both sell well because otherwise we're going to get to issue 10 and then we're going to delay it for three months and then no one's going to know what's even going on and then they're going to complain about it and it's going to be a year delay. No, it's Doomsday Clock. My bad. Uh- <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Well, Doomsday Clock's its own beast, which I think is tied up in its own incredible you know, rat's nest of stuff. I I would pay to just be a fly on the just wall. Just to know. <laughs> Just to know what is going on at DC because of Doomsday Clock. I can just imagine 
the emergency meetings they must have had a couple of times and being like, okay, so we're delaying it again. Anybody got a story idea? Right. Uh, Tom King, you want to kill Wally? Do it. Right. No, <laughs> Heroes in Crisis is clearly the convergence of Doomsday Clock. Like, yeah. it, it's just, it's there to fill time. And also, it ended up kind of screwing things up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I just wanted to like give it like not really necessarily a shout out for Hawks and Pox, but I was more like the reveals and the and the and the more recent like ramifications of the greater Marvel universe and the X Men. It's crazy, and I, I don't know where it's going, and I'm really hyped. That's all. I guess that's not really much of a topic, but it's still pretty dope. Like, all right, no, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about comic books, movies, video games. We're uh, absolute comics. If it's in the comic industry, we want to talk about it. Absolutely. And Sal and I are trying to make sure that every week there is comic book discussions because we both read them on a weekly basis. That's right. We're both up to date on a lot of the information. Uh, I would be a lot more up to date if I could remember something because I read them all like before TwitchCon to fly out to TwitchCon, and then my brain dumped at TwitchCon. Oh, so yeah. we we're on the call this morning, and I'm like, yeah. So name a comic. I can remember what happened, and he names it. I'm like. I'm going to have to read that again. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, okay, so let's talk about the Birds of Prey trailer that dropped today. Did you watch it? I did watch it. Okay, what do you think? Uh-oh. <laughs> I actually thought it looked okay. I want to see it. So uh, Here's the problem. I loved the, the Suicide Squad trailer. And that's how I feel about this. But I know not to trust that anymore. Well, okay, um, I'll agree with you on the trailer. I, I, Suicide Squad made it look great. The movie, not so not much. Not so much. Um, but I will say the recent two DC movies now have me excited for where they're going with these movies. Yes, I, I love Shazam and Aquaman, I liked. I liked I, them both. I, I liked both And I liked Wonder well. Woman. And we know Wonder Woman was technically kind of a part of the, the, what the direction they're taking things now. She kind of kicked off the make it very character-driven, make it about the character, don't make it this overarching trailer for other movies. Uh-huh. Uh, so Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Shazam. If that's the direction we're taking this Harley Quinn movie, you got me. I'm on board. Right. Well, it's, it's clearly a Harley Quinn movie, but they're calling it Birds of Prey. I, like, there have been flashes of the characters. I, I'm like, who are these people? Like, the only thing I know for, for certain is that Harley Quinn is a main character and Ewan McGregor is Black Mask. And it's like, that's that's all I know. Like, And I know that they're okay, supposed well, to be birds so, of prey in this movie. Like, that's it. Right. So Huntress is in it. Uh, right. Cassandra Cain, a.k.a. Orphan. Yeah, what? Not Orphan. Yeah, no, it is Orphan. Yeah, oh, can't say it. yeah, she's in it. Nowhere near what I would assume Cassandra Cain's going to look. I got a feeling no. she's going to be used in name only. She's going to be like she's Negasonic the young Teenage Warhead of this movie. Yeah, she's the young girl that is in the movie. Uh, yeah. If you look at no. like Harley's sitting there and they're talking, it's the young girl in the trailer. Right. So I'm like, that's that's not Cassandra. Like, I don't know what you're doing with this at unless all. we're going to have a huge twist. And oh my God, she was actually trained by David Kane and she was an assassin and she's just undercover. And oh my God. I don't think <laughs> that's going to happen. I could, even, I could see them doing that in a Harley movie though. Like yeah. Harley finds out that the reason Black Mask is chasing everyone is because uh, secretly Cassandra Kane is like a top secret assassin. Yeah. I'm getting the the feeling this movie is like is like a Deadpool kind of Black Canary too. Yeah, Huntress, Black Canary, and Cassandra are the are the cast with Harley. Right. I'm getting the impression this is going to be like like Deadpool two, where it's like let's get a cast of fun characters that people in the comic book industry know and people in the movie industry don't, so we can do anything we want with them. But mostly, it's going to be about the protagonist. That is Harley slash Deadpool. 
Right. And it's going to be like, it's going to have a story and it's going to, the story is going to be important, but also Harley's going to be like a sad clown. Like she's going to be fun, but also she's going to have like pathos and it's going to, she's going to, she's going to break the fourth wall, but not in like, but in like kind of like a Tanya Harding, the movie kind of way. Like, I don't know if you saw Tanya, but she produced yeah. that movie and it felt like a Harley Quinn movie because Tanya Harding in the movie that she, she plays Tanya Harding, um, she will, like, there'll be the movie, and then she will turn to the camera and say, like, that's not what happened, and then things will change. And it's like, I think that's exactly what's going to happen in this movie. Like, you're going to see her, like, going along and then turning to the camera and being like, if you believe that, like, making one-off, like, comments and changing the way the movie structure goes. I, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be fun to see. Like, I think it'll be a fun movie. Well, and I think it's going to be like Shazam. We're going to go into yeah. it. We're going to enjoy it. We're going to have a great time. Um, I... It, it is uh, with the cast they're bringing in. There's no way they're going to promote a Black Canary movie and a Huntress movie. And uh, it, people are in chatter saying that Renee Montoya is also in it. We're not going to have promotions for these other movies, which no. is like the biggest problem that I had with like the Justice League, where they're right. like, "Oh, see the Flash. The Flash has some personality quirks. Can't wait to see Flashpoint. Can you? You know, oh, like, you're never going to see that movie." Got- Aquaman's got some weird issues. Well, we'll find out about that in Aquaman. You know? <laughs> no, it's true. Um, I, I, you're, you know, Ezra Miller yeah. says he's still on board for that movie. He came out and said he's still on for The Flash, even though he's out of contract. <laughs> yeah, you're not. Guess what? You're not The Flash anymore, man. You're the only one who doesn't know. But, like, that's over. But, um, but no, I, yeah. I, I, I have, I'm excited for this because... DC recently had Warner Brothers. It's not even DC. It's Warner no, Brothers. It's Warner, Brothers yeah. Warner Brothers has proven that they, they, they the complete different take that they're taking on the entire DC universe. Yeah. Like this Joker movie, which we'll talk about real quick to end the yeah. show up in a minute. Um, the Harley Quinn movie and, uh, and the Shazam and Aquaman and Wonder Woman. They're showing that they get it. That they're not right. going to do the Marvel cinematic formula. Though no. honestly, I, I still don't know why they didn't just do that. Like <laughs> I don't know why they didn't do that like ten years ago. But that's what I mean. Like you could have easily done that. I don't know I why. Know. Like as much as I love the MCU, the MCU formula is not rocket science. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's not because it's because it's just having the characters exist in the same universe. It's only what they've been doing in the comics for seventy five years. The MCU formula is so paint by numbers. It became literally a meme. That the next one, here's what's going to happen. Yeah. To the point where they literally had to go in and change their formula because everyone could foretell the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. You could figure out the whole structure of the, of the, of the flick. Um, yeah. Um, but uh, and, uh, but well, so I don't know why they never did that. I get, oh, they're copying MCU. I wouldn't have cared. You would have made I, billions of dollars. <laughs> that, yeah, that's like saying, like, oh, I didn't like Spider-Man PS4 because it copied Arkham Asylum. I want you to copy Arkham Asylum. Do exactly. that. <laughs> Do that. I will, I will play it over and over and over. Yeah, I, um, will, I will dust it off when you give me a new costume for free when, like, the new movie comes out, which I certainly did. Yeah, like, but um, I will say, like, it's... The direction they're taking is kind of going like a more of a low-budget indie feel. And that's right. that's how Shazam felt. That Aquaman didn't. Aquaman felt like Lord of the Rings. Yep. <laughs> but like, dumb. But Shazam <laughs> did. Joker looks like it is. And from what I understand of the budget, it is. I like this direction that we're mm-hmm. taking them more. So I'm excited to see what they're going to do with the Birds of Prey. I'm, and I may be more or less excited after I see the Joker this weekend. But. Well, that's true. I want to be excited for Birds of Prey. I feel like... It shouldn't be called Birds of Prey. That'd be like if they called Deadpool 2 X-Force. Oh, no, that I agree with. The, the titling makes no sense, and I hope we get some kind of, like, rationale behind it. I don't even want it. Like, I, 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 if what you... blows my mind about it, though? Here's what blows my mind about it, though. Not only does it not involve the Birds of Prey, 
Right. The Birds of Prey are not so popular that I would see them getting stapled onto something. No. And and I don't think DC has any intention of using Renee Montoya, Black Canary, Huntress, Orphan in anything ever again. So like if that's the it'd be like if if, if Fox was like, no, 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 we want to put X-Force in here because we need to get Shatterstar in a movie. Like, yeah. Which of course wouldn't have worked anyway. But the fact <laughs> is like this I, I'm I would go see the Emancipation of Harley Quinn, the movie. I don't need you to try and trick me into thinking more characters are going to be in it. Like what, what I thought would have been cool is if they named it the Emancipation of Harley Quinn, and that was the title. Yeah. And then if you, if people latched on to Black Canary and Rainy Montoya, and right, you know, then you make Birds of Prey. Yeah, like, because and, and there you go. I don't think a Harley Quinn by herself story works, much right. less a movie. So obviously there are going to be other characters in it, and if you want to make it like a Harley's type movie, but without making it multiple Harleys and instead using characters that Warner Brothers has no intention of making solo franchises out of, then fine, shoehorn in versions of the Birds of Prey, but call it the Harley Quinn movie and don't make it this, because it's a, this is a trailer called Birds of Prey in which there are no moments where the Birds of Prey say anything. <laughs> like, and if they do, You're not wrong. Yeah. And, and if they do, they have maybe one line per character, whereas Harley has every line in every part of the trailer. It's a Harley Quinn movie, which I'm not against. And I, I want to see that. Her. I like Margot Robbie's portrayal. I like her. Like, I like. I like her production company. I like the fact that she is like making this movie herself. I like that. I like the gumption. I want to see this, and I think the trailer looks pretty dope. But I'm also yep. concerned because it looks kind of like Suicide Squad. And, it, and it, it also, in terms of marketing, is deceptive because it is a Harley Quinn movie, but you're packaging, as a, you're packaging it as something else. And that's right. what I'm worried about. Our chat is stating that, um, our chat, which because we're shooting this live at twitch.tv slash comic uh, on mm-hmm. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. Um, <laughs> they're stating, I got to plug that. <laughs> I know, you got to plug it, yeah. They're stating that Margot Robbie wanted to do a Birds of Prey, but she's Harley Quinn, which is how this happened. And I'm not against that. And I know, I do know that this movie is only happening because Margot Robbie wants to make it happen. Totally. She was very vocal about that. Yeah. Um, Fine. But, you know, someone can just say no. (laughs) Or they can just say, hey, for the sake of not having a title so long we can't get it on a movie poster, we're going to call it Harley Quinn. I mean, (laughs) you could have the Birds of Prey in there is what we're saying. It's the titling, because now by calling it Birds of Prey, I'm expecting Birds of Prey. Right. And you know what? I read a lot of comics, and I assumed that the Birds of Prey were Barbara Gordon, uh, Huntress, and uh, Black Canary. They are. Apparently it's not. (laughs) <laughs> no, apparently Barbara Gordon's not even in the original Birds of Prey. Oh, not in the original Birds of Prey, no. But like the but one everyone knows, is, yeah. Right, everyone knows is those three. And what I'm stating is if I think that, I'm not the only one who's expecting Batgirl. <laughs> right, and you're not going to get her. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it's cool. Like, I, I think it's going to be neat. I hope it is. I loved, I liked Tanya a lot. So, because she's the driving force behind it creatively, I think it'll be fine. I, I, but I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm cautiously optimistic. I want to, I want to like it, but I'm also not going to lie to myself about what it could be. So right. The, and the trailer was like it's so frenetic and covered in color and and people that they didn't bother to introduce me to. I, I'm like, w- this looks like a Harley Quinn movie to me. Why are you calling it something else? You know. So maybe just focus on well, that. Well, you know what? You know what? The trailer is the way it is. Hot Topic needs a bunch of merch to sell out. So. Well, we, we know that's going to happen regardless. <laughs> so. let's, let's theme this around Hot Topic's demographic. 
<laughs> right. I mean, do, do the Hot Topic fans want to see, like, is that the trailer that they want? I don't know. I guess we'll see. Um, and quick note on the Black Mask thing. Uh, he's got multiple origins, guys. Uh, a lot of people, I, I, you, the chat right now is not the only ones asking me. It's all over my Twitter and everything like that. Yeah. Black Mask, there are some origins where he is, but the actual core origin of Black Mask is that there's nothing wrong with him. He wears the black mask because that's how you blend in with Gotham. That's yeah. why he wears the mask. It's not because like he's scarred or he's hiding something. The black mask is more intimidating. People know right. his name. They know who he is the whole time. He's right. never been a hidden character. It's to make him more intimidating and to blend in with the crazy costumed guys in Gotham. That's why he does it. Right. So him having it or not having it, doesn't actually affect the character, just makes him less recognizable without the black mask. That's basically it. Well, and Ewan McGregor's a great actor, and he's do he's doing a voice. I I'm I'm excited for that alone because I just find him so charming. Like I'm happy to watch Ewan McGregor do anything. Yeah. So. Well, you know, you mentioned Ian McGregor, and this doubles back to our starting conversation. Instead of him putting it on and then taking it off, they're just like, he just won't wear it. <laughs> he's just not gonna wear it. It's it's we're gonna call the club that and just move on. Like, fine. <laughs> But yeah, so. Uh, All right, so last thing, this this episode is being filmed before we go see Joker. Yes. So as a, a nice catch to the end of the episode of our second episode of Absolute Comics, which is sponsored by G Fuel, and you can get 10% off your code by going to G Fuel, ordering your stuff, popping in that code COMICS, getting yourself 10% off, or yep. support this show by subbing right here, or going to our merch store, which doesn't have shirts yet, but by the time a lot of you are watching this, it will. Uh, <laughs> support the show. Help us make Absolute Comics a thing. Help Sal and I keep this show going, because... Everyone of our podcast needs funding and advertisers, guys. If you like this show, support it. Um, but either way, Sal, what are you thinking going into Joker? What are you expecting? Because there's a lot of hoopla of this whole, well, people are going to idolize him and they're going to cause problems and stuff like that. You know? I, I genuinely hope they don't. Uh, I, I didn't get, like, this movie looks like a tragedy. It looks like a movie that is that that was called something else and then they called it Joker later and changed a couple of names. Um, it looks well executed. It looks like a good film. I, I'm the trailer is powerful, and Joaquin Phoenix is a great actor. So I think it will be an, a good movie. My hope is that um, the message isn't muddled. I hope that no one is hurt. Uh, like I, I because I I didn't think I'd live in a reality where I'd have to worry about going to the movies. But like the fact that so many people are talking about this and comparing it to the dark knight uh, rises yeah, the dark knight situation i i agree with that i mean i hate the argument that we should be censoring this because of these problems no, I, I hate agree. that problem i feel like we need to figure something else out because we shouldn't not be making movies like joker for nope. fear of what people are going to do in reaction to joker right both socially i have no like i i want the movie to be the movie they wanted to make and be able to see it without fear or or, yes. or concern for anybody on another front the more like front people are here for i also think there's room for you making a joker movie that's divorced entirely from the comics like this is a different joker it has nothing to do with the comic book version of the joker i i'm worried. I, i'm hoping changing his outfit and appearance is going to be enough for that right i hope that people will be able to make that separation that the joker we get everywhere else is not the joker from this movie and i don't get about a billion comments going the joker's origin where is it in comics because i want to see this portrayal <laughs> yeah i i also genuinely hope and i and because it's not marvel i'm 
I'm, I'm hopeful that won't happen, that this movie doesn't then influence and alter the comic books. Ugh. Like, for, where they're going to be like, okay, that's the Joker everybody knows. Time for that to be the Joker everybody knows. Because I remember when Dark Knight came out and then they launched the new 52 and Joker had scars. And you're like, oh my God. Like, does it... You don't need well, to no, do that. No, he cut that. his face off. There's no scars there. <laughs> yeah, well, then he cut his face off. But, like, in the flashback in the new 52, he had scars. Oh, yeah. No, he had the scars. And you're like, um, come on. So, I, I don't know. I'm... I, I'm maybe just maybe they're going to use this as a way to put out the three Jokers idea. Finally, it'll come out. <laughs> that would be so smart. That'd be the smartest thing they could do. But DC, we know, doesn't do that because when like when when Stephen Colbert was making fun of Batman's Wang, and they had a, and DC had a comic book that was like going to sell a million copies, Jim Lee wasn't then on Colbert the next day pimping the hell out of Batman Damned. Instead, they pulled the book off shelves. So, yep. like, when they could be having a Joker movie come out and then have three Jokers come out the next week, instead, I'll bet three Jokers won't come out for another year. They won't. Dude, I almost wonder, I guess we can kind of wrap up on this topic here, because I don't want to go too much into Joker, since literally by the time this goes out, everyone's going to have seen the movie. It'll be out, and everyone will <laughs> be like, um, they're wrong for the following reasons. Yeah, um, I would... I would love, I, I don't love, I, I totally 100% think. I don't know what's going on with Jeff Johns and DC. I don't know. Right. He was done with the movies that he was going to make all these books and even Shazam's getting delayed. Doomsday Clock's getting delayed. Three Jokers is getting Legion. delayed. Legion, yep. It, Legion. And while we all were saying, oh, Gary Frank's slow on Doomsday, it started to look more and more like there's something going on with Jeff Johns. And I hope to God that everything is good with him and it's just, it's a creative slump or or there's something else happening, like a publication issue. And I, that there's yeah. no legitimate issue that he has, no. that he's just not talking about. And I really do hope, because I love his writing, he seems like a really nice person and I hope all is well with him. Agreed. But I almost wonder if Three Jokers is just getting pushed under the rug. Just, I think everything, I think it's- Because no one has mentioned it. No. The last I, we heard was when he got back to creative over at DC. He was like, I'm working on three Jokers. And I, that, uh, that was it. <laughs> Fabic. Fabic is on Twitter posting like panels every once in a while being like, working on issue two or whatever. Like Fabic has said more about three Jokers than John's or DC. Um, I, think it's a, I think it's a politics thing. And not like a American or European politics thing. I think it's a DC politics thing. I think, I think there's something going on between everyone who's in charge at DC and yeah. the and the, and the delays are a, a political maneuver. I think Three Jokers is being swept under the rug, and I think it's deliberate. And I think there's something going on. That's all I'll say. I, I don't know. I, we, we, I don't know. All, we, you and I have no information on this. We don't work I've there. Even, we don't like. Yeah, I've got contacts in DC and WB, and I, I mean, I'll even say I've asked these people. Hey, <laughs> I won't say anything about it if, they, if right. you could just tell me what's going on, like, so no. I know for myself. And they're like, we don't know. We have right. no idea what's happening. <laughs> or like we could help. And they're like, not and they're not even saying it slyly. Like, no. ah, we can't tell you about that. It's no. like we have no idea. I don't like, know. <laughs> yeah, no. Or like or there, there is nothing. Like it's yeah. very it's it, yeah, it's very tame. So I don't know. It, it feels like there's something going on though. It does. It does. It feels like something going on, and I hope there isn't. I hope everything's good to go. And it, yeah. you know, I hope it's like you said, it's office politics, and everything's getting pushed around and. I, I just want good stories, and I think everybody does too. So hopefully, we'll just get them all. Like, hopefully, there's room. There's room for everything. So just do it all. Like, just just put yeah. it all out. Like, there's room. <laughs> but, all right. Well, we're gonna wrap up this episode of the Absolute Comics Show. It's not the weekly poll. It's Absolute Comics with Sal and Benny. Uh, real quick rundown for you guys who may be seeing. Who I'm not sure where this is gonna get published. If it will be in time or not. But on Friday. Mm, 
beard hair in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, on this Friday, so today is October 1st, so October 2nd, 3rd, so the 4th. The 4th, me and Sal and our respective teams will be at the Valiant Comics booth at 1 p.m. Eastern at New York Comic Con. We'll also probably do a tweet-out meetup outside of the location. Uh, I won't lie. I'm not going to make a video about the outside location because when I do that, we could get to a point where we have people like police called on us. So oh, we, don't, we don't want that. No, no. So <laughs> t traditionally, I tweet those out. I'll be at this spot at this location for 10 minutes or something. I normally give it a couple hours, and you can find us there if you don't have a ticket to New York Comic Con, so we can all hang out. We nice. don't. We don't. We don't just don't make it a big, big thing because that can potentially become a problem at a Comic Con for us. Yeah. Um, We've had that before at New York Comic Con, actually. Remember when we had that? Yeah, where we that? had to be escorted out of the con because of that kind of thing. So. Not not in a like you guys got to go, but in a uh, we this is a security hazard. We got to get you out of the building. Yeah. <laughs> Good yeah. luck. Throw us <laughs> <laughs> on the streets. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So that's gonna be happening. This uh, Sal and I will be back next Tuesday right here at the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash comicstorian, 5 p.m. Eastern, to bring you the next episode of Absolute Comics. Uh, this will go up to both of our Patreons within a day or two. We time the release simultaneously, so you can directly support Sal by going to his Patreon. Or you can go to Comic Storian, where we give you all of our other podcasts. I don't know what you give if you want to pitch your Patreon real quick. Oh, sure. Yeah, you can go to patreon.com slash compop. Check us all out. We got a bunch of rewards, which includes early access, uh, weekly updates, uh, and occasionally, uh, if you like our show Back Issues, there's an audio version of, of, of Back Issues that's only available through the Patreon. Um, okay. So... Yeah, and over here on Comic Story, and you get early access to about 90% of our videos. Once in a while, some of them don't. Um, unedited access to our audio podcasts, and uh, all of them go out early as well over there. And that's where you have all six of our podcasts going up over there. Yep. Uh, and this will be up on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud probably before the next episode. I got cool. our podcast <laughs> team working on it. Uh, Good. Well, there's a process that you have to go through approval and everything. And yeah. it normally requires a couple episodes to be viewable and things like that. So right. we got to go through all that. Uh, but yeah, and also the t-shirts I hope will be up there too. So oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's the show today. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, G Fuel, by going and if you're going to order any energy drinks or hydration drinks, go check them out. Use the code COMICS at checkout so we get credit for you going to check it out. Uh, <laughs> I don't even worry about the kickback. I just want credit. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, thank you guys for joining us today, and we'll see you at the next Absolute Comics. <laughs>